0: All right, guys. So kind of continuing on with the little bit of pivot in my content, focusing around uh, owner operators with COVID-19 effect. Flip this a little bit here. And I brought on Adam Brown, and he is the uh, founder and CEO of Circle Media, which is a, I don't want to say it's Completely focused on CPG, but you do have a lot of clients that uh, I know very well, but you do work with a lot of other ones. But social media, strategy, uh, content creation, agency do a little bit of everything full scale there and have some of the most unique, detail oriented, like really cool images that I've seen lately. Like the stuff that you post um, that you and your team make, um, I'm always like, man, that just catches my eye like crazy. So Thanks. I'm going to turn this over to you, Adam. Maybe you can explain a little bit uh, about what you guys do, about yourself, um, for my audience, and we can kind of dive into maybe how your business has changed over the last couple of weeks.
1: Um, absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, and as I was saying before, I'm I'm flattered. If anyone wants to actually speak to me, and uh, uh, hopefully at least a couple of people not related to me will listen to this, and so <laughs> I appreciate all that. So yeah, Madam Brown. Uh, I founded a social media strategy firm in New York City in 2012, and I was basically solving for uh, every brand needs a social media manager. That's the original thesis, and it's only gotten stronger, to, you know, fast forward to now. And uh, it's a full-time job, and it's probably a full-time job of multiple salaries. There's just a lot of disciplines that need it, are needed to do this well, and most brands just can't fund that internally, nor should they. It's a lot of staff. and It's a lot of overhead. Um, So, we solve for outsourced social media management as our primary product. So imagine instead of hiring Jane Doe in your office, you hire Jane Doe who works for me and other than sitting in my office and having a circle email address, she works for you. Hmm. Um, So that's a lion's share of what we do. What we also learned a couple years ago was there were quite a few brands who already had their version of a Jane Doe and uh, they wanted to keep that person or just felt that it needed to be somebody internal, right? Uh, a lot of early stage brands feel that way. So uh, what we also provide is outsource content creation. So instead of now also hiring a full blown creative shop uh, or creative team internally, you can have a creative shop like ours that solves for the different social media needs. And uh, I really appreciate your compliment on our creative. Um, you know, I think, look, a lot of creative shops out there are overpriced and they don't really want to do like the Instagram post for Tuesday. So we think that's a mission critical communication. Um, And so we really focus in it. Like we like to do that stuff. And so we can be very fast, very nimble. And because we're not a creative shop only because we know social media and we have social media chops, we just bring a different lens. Like we know what will work or what might perform or what customers like. And so it yields better uh, content for the clients that we work with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good distinction because um, there's an element of, you know, quantity and quality, but there's a blending of both. It doesn't need to be quantity doesn't mean it's it's bad. Um, and quality shouldn't mean that it, it kind of gets so overblown from a budget standpoint that you can't create, you know, 25 images for the client for a month and it and it blows out their budget because I mean, social media is all about keeping that story kind of going. And, you know, they might have some different aspects they can use with user generated content or whatever, but there's still for you. It's how do you define that brand for the client in a way through imagery or video or whatever it is to make sure that it stays like a consistent um, story through their feed. Because there's so many messages that happen throughout the day with, with just different brands trying to get your attention. And you need to have something that stops you when you're scrolling and I've and I found like a lot of what you guys do uses of color and, and different you know depths and, and and textures and things like in your photos like I've always found that it makes me stop and, and I, I'm like you know this works um, but I think that gets understated because people don't know maybe what goes into it or they don't know how much maybe goes into it and you guys have been able to like kind of master it at scale to be quick enough that it makes sense from like a budget perspective.
1: Totally. And, uh, you know, it goes into uh, my whole ethos of everything I just said, like, you know, we don't you need content, you're going to need photos, videos and graphics, they're going to need to ebb and flow, some based on data, some based on gut. It's a mix of both. And, uh, you know, most creative shops are priced to do a project, a photo shoot once a quarter, they give you a certain amount of assets, they're overpriced and you feel like you have to use them gingerly. And that's not really built for social, right? Um, And we're gonna talk a lot about the current pandemic situation that we're in. Case in point, you need to be able to pivot quickly, maybe change all of your creative. Um, And so if you're remanded to what you shot in January, um, and those are your only assets, couple spirit brands I spoke to this week have beautiful photo shoots of all these attractive people running around on beaches. And it's pretty tone deaf for the times to be posting that content yet, that's all they have and they can't afford to do anything else. And that's a really dangerous position to put yourself in. And you know, you said earlier about CPG. I made a, a decision, which has proven to be a really good one, uh, given the times that we're in, to really focus exclusively on better for you CPG and beverage and spirits. These are just things that I like to consume, things that I can get behind. I'm a pretty good salesman, but I can only sell something I believe in. And these are these are the types of businesses I like to get behind and I can believe in. And in those businesses, it's a very crowded category, all three, um, a lot of storytelling. Why is your baby the cutest? How should it differentiate? And a lot of that comes down to effective assets and content that can help you stand out from the clutter. So it's a great observation. And that's where we focus.
0: There's some really strong brands that have posted some some things that I have kind of questioned um that it's went through the right filter. And I think that a lot of the world has has completely like changed on a dime. Like you think about even you're in you're in New York City, like with um like Jimmy um Fallon in like the the Tonight Show, like how quick they were able to to change up the way that was shot into more of like this home video YouTube vibe and like that spoke to people. Like for him to continue on with the show in this nice studio and, and all this kind of stuff just doesn't Work in this today's world and, and with you know, CPG, um, social media or any social media, any brands or whatever. If you're posting things like you know, out on the beaches or you're posting things, um, in a big crowd or, or anything, people might not understand that that was taken like previously. They might honestly think that you're just bucking the the rules and just doing your own thing. Like, I don't know if people are even connect the dots with like the six second uh, attention span, so you have to really be conscious of like what you're posting and make sure that it is relevant i guess socially relevant to what's happening right now but also can it be on on brand uh, as well in a way that kind of makes sense so uh, what you were mentioning about how quick you need to pivot it's like the world pivoted so quick like you also need to pivot just as quick or you're going to be sitting there you know, with nothing, nothing to post. <laughs> totally. Coming. On the side of the business, like your side with um, your agency, like what have you seen uh, from like the COVID nineteen type of situation? Obviously, being in New York City, I'm assuming your staff is is remote at this point. But has that been a big hurdle, or have you guys been able to adapt? Uh, like, what have you been doing on your side to like keep the machine going?
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, anyone. Anyone on the planet that says they're not affected is crazy and lying to themselves or to whoever they're talking to. Um, so definitely all affected. Um, fortunately, our business, because of the uh, CPG beverage and spirit focus, you know, knock on wood, most of our brands actually are in fairly good shape, certainly compared to other categories. Um, and so most of the news and interaction with the clients is, is mostly actually good stuff, not dangerous, perilous, crazy bad stuff which is very fortunate but still nonetheless is a change uh, specifically for our agency you know we are in new york city we we are remote um before even shelter in place i think uh, march 11th we told everyone to stay home so i wanted to get ahead of that and um, we all year round work every friday remote and we've been doing that for four years. So the pivot to remote work was honestly not a big deal at all for us. Like we always work that way 20% of the time. So being able to do that now 100% of the time has been pretty smooth. Um, The only potential area that I thought might be a concern were for our photographers. Um, But what's really nice about everything we just talked about is a lot of them are shooting from home and they're very talented and they're shooting home type stuff, which is very relatable right now. So it's very fortunate, you know, showing their pantry, showing their refrigerator, showing a setting of maybe making tea, getting ready for a virtual happy hour. So it's actually translated really nicely for us. Um, as far as communication, I've just been doing what everyone else does. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big communicator. You, you see me out there in public. Uh, I probably 2X that internally. So, you know, the a lot of Zoom, uh, a lot of calls, Um, real heavy communication and I really try to divide a little bit as best I can church and state with um, my number two who runs all defense so that's making sure everything already in stays okay Um, and then I try to work on offense and anything I can do and for now offense is a little bit compromised there's not a lot of points to put on the board so I think I'm doing a lot of what you're doing I'm putting myself out there more I'm speaking to more industry experts this is my third interview this week um, just trying to get the word out there and see if I can add value and then potentially add value to some brands who are maybe rethinking their strategy right now too.
0: This sounds a lot like the conversation I had with Aaron Hind at um, LifeAid. Um, he was talking about just the communication, needing it internally, but also from an external standpoint, like getting out there and, and telling the story a little bit more because not only was it helpful to his brand and, and you know, the, just the exposure of his brand, but also just to share information to the community, uh, because he understood that, you know, kind of put the competition aside a little bit at this point and and say, okay, how do we get all through this? And then when we're back on a strong footing, then we can compete. We, you know, we can go back to being you know strong competitors and do what you gotta do. But like right now you don't want your competitors to lose, uh, based around something that is totally, uh, not from a face to face competition. This is something like total external that like a lot of people, could never have conceived in their life that this was gonna happen. The second one was around, this might not be the best time to acquire customers, but it's definitely a time that you could you can lose some. So retention is probably uh, extremely important. Have you guys ramped up the communication with those stakeholders to make sure that they get what they need and, and make sure that they have kind of over, over the information that you normally would share with them just to make sure that you guys are, are kind of staying in contact?
1: Yeah, for sure. Right. So, you know, immediately contacting all of our clients, seeing where they're at um, and really understanding the business, like our unique selling proposition, and I'm sure there's other agencies that say it, but we really believe it is we're an employee of that company's of that company. Right. So um, we immediately triage, we get on the phone. We want to know what kind of things they're thinking about. Um, and I think the biggest thing is being fast. Right. So. We have clients that every week are pivoting on a dime. They're crushing on Amazon and suddenly there's no more non-essential that Amazon's dead. They're building up their e-comm, but then they realize like they need to pivot away from that and support Sprouts. So like you have to be able to like dip and move and and serve and volley in that kind of an environment. And so um, now is not the time to do what I think a lot of agencies do when they have retainers is hope and pray they don't get called and sit back and just hope everyone makes it. I'm leaning 10 X into uh, surprise avoidance. I want to know what's what and where I can add value. And so uh, heavy communication almost to the point of being annoying uh, <laughs> where they're like, look, Adam, we're good. We got other things to worry about. You're good. But like really doing that has been very key.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's obviously two responses to this. There's one where you could put your head into the sand and, and try to avoid everything. And then the other one is like jumping right into the fire with, your clients and saying all right you know i don't know what you need but i'm willing to do it and let's get it done and both of us working um you know a lot with with uh, cpg brands i think we're um speaking from a a point of i guess i don't want to say luck but just like we're positioned in a space that is doing much better than a lot of other um categories of of uh, commerce at this point has there been any like in your Kind of big collection of of clients. Have you seen uh, some areas that maybe are a little bit softer, um, ones that have needed a little bit more attention, um, or has it all been kind of pretty similar of a of a pretty positive uh, point right now?
1: Um, I, I think the later the stage, the brand, the better. So if they're you know it's it's if they were just about to get on some retail shelves, they probably lost it. If they were um, if they were ready on Amazon, crushing. They've done better, um, you know. I think paid social is crushing right now across the board. So brands that were believers in it and have invested the dollars are doing better. So all of that comes with, they have revenue, they have nice run rates, they have confidence, and they're not you know early startup or like you know million re- in revenue type stage. Those guys have been more vulnerable, irrespective of like whether it's frozen or you know uh, a yeah. snack item. I think it's more like. Like like even humans like people like if you if you were cash strong going in it could be good if you're a cash weak going in and not like really set up it could be bad and that's that I would say that's similar to what's happening with the brands in our portfolio
0: I think people are defaulting to um, brands they maybe know and in placements that they are confident in so they're not you know, complicating their life in the sense of, you know, going to a specialty retailer or something, they're going to go to Walmart, they're going to go to target because they know they have the best chance of getting the most amount of items possible if they want to do, you know, in store and if they want to go online, then it's probably Amazon. And so if you're not really strong in those areas and you're not already in those placements, you're going to struggle. And I've had a few clients on my side that have had, um, the planograms getting ready to switch over and they're pushing those, you know, out. Um, and I totally understand where they're coming from. But you also have a lot of them building up inventory and a lot of things. So they're trying to pivot as well to try to figure out, okay, how do we sell through some extra um, inventory? And, and in a lot of cases, it it's a blessing in disguise because the supply chains um, were a little bit interrupted. So they ended up having that extra supply ends up, you know, working out in the long run, but it does really? create a bunch of ripples. Um, that's what's going on. And you made a mention around, Um, like the paid uh, social um, are you kind of echoing a lot of what other uh, people are are seeing in terms of like the costs kind of going down on those um, items like a lot of the a lot of the noise is getting washed out the people that maybe were jumping in late to it that were driving up prices they've kind of washed out. So the strong are surviving and they're able to like actually drive their costs down a little bit more. Are you seeing that on your end? A
1: million percent. I mean, you know, um thought going into this year, uh an election year, that, you know, Facebook, Instagram ads were gonna go way up in price. And we've seen the opposite, right? Like not just the little brands, but the big brands have pulled out. So you have um, it's a, and a, what I love about the Facebook marketplace is it's a real marketplace. So a lot of people have pulled out dollars. So CPMs are way down. Um, people are shopping at home and they're not they're not spending money on other things. Um, so they're buying more stuff. I just bought a ping pong table for my, you know, I, I saw that Amazon list, top things sold. I yeah. saw a ping pong table. I'm like, I'll take a ping pong table, like, because <laughs> I'm not going out to dinner and spending stuff and socially. So I think it's a really good opportunity. I think there's a lot of impulse buys. Um, and, um, you know, on the point of paid social, it's funny, like anyone that knows me, uh, maybe you have something similar, although I think you're a little bit less than I am, but like, everyone's like, oh, you're social media. So that's digital. So that's e-commerce. So you must be doing well. And I'm like, well, actually social media is everything. E-commerce, Amazon, retail, it's communication, sales, retention. It's, it's everything. And so, um, every little brand is different, but every single brand that we work with, is benefiting now from paid social that's retail velocity support that's e-commerce even if that's amazon off platform sending to platform um the going is good the costs are low so it's a really good time for paid social in my opinion
0: yeah i totally agree with you i think that most you know discovery of brands at this point is is digital first Um, though there's still some people that go through all the the grocery aisles and they pick up you know some new products and that's how they spot things but for the most part people are Going online, and now because people can't go to the store or they're restricted from going to the store as much as they'd like, you're having even more of that behavioral pattern changing towards people discovering um, new items. So then, as a as a brand, if you do have the opportunity and you have the creative and everything that matches up, and make sure that you can, you know, do some real good things for your for your business to get some people into your funnel and and get them to know who you are. It's one of those things where it might seem like it's the worst time to spend in those areas because, you know, you're trying to extract costs out of you're, you're trying to create as much liquidity as possible to, to be strong. But to your point, if you have things that, you know, are going to prove out to be pretty strong, you know, you have the right creative, you have the right copy, you have the right, um, you know, paid uh, strategy, you have such a cleaner runway to be able to um, win right now than you would normally. You know, like the risk on that side is a little bit out. So it's kind of like a counter between like, you know, what do, what do you uh, want more? Do you want cash or do you want um, the opportunity to get in front of customers? It's, it's kind of that, that question that people have to run through their brain. What have you seen um, from brands, it might not even be ones that you work with, but have have done really kind of creatively or uniquely? Like what are some like trends that came out of nowhere or maybe just like an acceleration of things that you are like, high-fiving and like, wow, finally, people are doing these things?
1: Um, I think a return to community. So I'm a big believer in Facebook groups, um, using Shopify, personal messages for your first 100 consumers, 200 consumers. Like, I've always been a big believer of that. In peacetime, those are incredibly useful in wartime. So, um, you know, having, being able to harvest cell phone numbers and emails and um, data is really key. And brands that I like, Bombas Socks is a former client of mine. Um, I worked with them for years and years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, they just launched sweatpants. Very smart time to launch sweatpants. Yeah. And I just bought it. Uh, a, because I'm mostly in sweatpants these days. <laughs> and B, I'm a believer in their brand. I just want their brand to do well. So I got the email and I'm like, I'm just going to buy this. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a buyer of the, of the brand. Um, I like local, I, there's some guilt factor now, if you want brands to to win. Uh, I have a yoga studio that I go to in New York, they just sent an email, they're closed for good. Super sad, they're, they just can't get out of it. I literally like went on Facebook, found my instructor, reached out to her, and I was like, hey, maybe I would do a virtual yoga class for like my team. Like, I, there's like a, there's a sentiment, like you said before, of people that maybe don't have it, at least today as bad as others, of like an obligation to help and give back and so um, I think that way and I think the brands that have really done well are the ones that have played on that in an authentic way um, and you kind of can't fake it now. You kind of had to have a a root of that before now and then it really accelerates now, which I think will prove out positive short term and long term for those brands.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think mentioning around the community aspect and and building that story, building that connection with customers um, is extremely important during, like you said, peacetime. but then it becomes essential during wartime when literally that's the equity that you're now trying to pull out a little bit now and saying i built up this equity with all these customers i want to you know extract a little bit because i need to stay alive and they're probably going to be more willing to help you because you've you've spent that time to build up that equity um, with them and and to your point around the local um you know gym it's like there's certain people that impacted your life that you're like going to go above and beyond because they've, you know, maybe it wasn't the gym that did it as like a corporate side, but like people, you know, still do it from a personal side will over invest in relationships. And because of that, when times are tough and you're in a position of help, it's kind of easy to, to lend that hand and say, you know, what can I do to kind of help? Let's do some creative things because to your point you might use her as a you know an influencer of a brand you might use, like there's all these connections that you have that she probably had no idea um, at all you know that you even were had access to but like now it's kind of going to pay off because she spent time to to uh, build in that relationship um, one question i have before we're going to we're going to jump off here is the use of like live um, what are you thinking about it because it seems like every single person a brand or influencer or just even common people now all of a sudden have gotten comfortable using like live social media. And for whatever reason, it never really caught on. It didn't like, it was always there, but if you went on your Instagram, you didn't have 16 different circles that were on live, you know, every time you get on
1: (laughs) totally. Um, yeah, it's, uh, um, I saw a meme this morning that like some, like everyone's on live and you're like tuning it out. Like now it's having almost the adverse effect. Um, (laughs) Look, people are at home. They have time. Um, it's a document over create format, especially Instagram Live. Um, you, you're sitting around. Uh, you see other people doing it, which tees you up. You're like, oh, that looks pretty easy or that was easy. It's like, well, you know, plug and play. I can do that, too. Um, and it's one of those things. Once you do it once or twice, you're like, this is cake. I, I can easily do this and put out content. And it's about just being consistent with that. So I think that's going to be a winner that stays. I did a podcast this morning, my own podcast about IGTV. So IGTV has rolled out, there's not, not as much live, but they rolled out new updates this week, smart, right? Like it's mm-hmm. been a dud. Now people are gonna do it, longer form videos, hot. TikTok is obviously super hot, especially with my kids. Um, and, uh, you know, having, having going back to what I said, being um, in, a, in a position right now as a brand where you're not panicking and freaking out, it's a great time to lean into live or IGTV or TikTok. And, flex your creative skills a little bit and have the time to do it because you're not running around in the rat race. And uh, so that's why I think you've seen a big emergence uh, in live. And what we're doing a little bit is um, that's been a creative pivot for us with influencers. So my thesis was, look, all these influencers that are always busy and overpriced, a lot of them who work at like Rumble or SoulCycle, they're all home. Um, They can't do stuff. So what if we started sponsoring live workouts or live, D- discussions about fitness and like to it to it like one hundred percent hit rate of them being interested. Send the product to my house and either free or very inexpensive because they'll take what they can get. And so that's an opportunistic, hacky way to use live to a brand's advantage and maybe get an underpriced and then and then better value play from this environment.
0: Yeah, I love I love that. Um, you know, I've always as a as a strategist, I'm agnostic to any. You know, path to gets me to the to the end solution, and I'm, you know, people will be like, well, you know, why are we spending money on on this area or that area? And I always go, where where are we getting the most value for the for the least amount of cost? Like, where's that uh, metric going to be the best at? And to your point, you know, these influencers, they're used to maybe going and traveling or doing this or whatever. They can't. They're sitting at home. They're not doing what they're normally doing, and they're not able to do some of those brand deals or things that they would make money on. So it's, how do you actually hack? what's happening around you to actually benefit, you know, in an authentic way. And, and I, I love that idea. I honestly think that I don't see it happening all that much. You know, you see it every once in a while, but I, I think that, uh, maybe it's just people haven't seen it quick enough. So it's definitely a, uh, that's probably one tip for people to, if they're listening to this, that, that's something to, to check out. Cause I honestly think that it's not being utilized as, as much as it, as it could.
1: I'm glad you picked up on that and that probably is the best nugget here. Um, Not only is that there, and are they available? But the brands, the big brands that are doing these big deals, Secret and Procter and Gamble and Unilever, like they're not spending. They got big things that they got to figure out. They're not overpaying. So the the whole market has corrected, which benefits entrepreneurial CPG beverage, some spirit, all the brands I work with, the kind of brands I know that you know from my experience with you that you work with, like it can easily be a woe is me. Oh my God, this is terrible situation. I totally get it, especially in certain verticals. But in this vertical, and to the people I think probably listening to this, very good opportunity. And to your point, value that is better and outperforms the cost. I'm a big buyer of that kind of stuff right now. That is the opportunity. And you said something before about like sitting on cash versus like taking our, it's just like investing in the stock market right now. If you're yeah. young, everyone's saying now is the time to invest any dollars you can, right? So it's the same with brands. Like, if you can, now is not the time to sit back and hold on cash. Like, influencers are pennies on the dollar. Paid social is pennies on the dollar. Um, and everyone's open. The market's open for that kind of conversation. its It would behoove brands to take advantage of that. And I feel like they will feel like they squandered an opportunity if they don't.
0: Well, Adam, I appreciate your time. I appreciate um, you sharing some insights with my community. Um, if people want to follow you or your work, um, where could they do that?
1: So I am at Circle Media on all platforms and on LinkedIn, which is where I'm probably the most active. Um, I think it's Adam J. Brown23. Or if you just okay. look up Adam Brown Circle Media, you'll find me.